God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. And I think this is going to be our Thanksgiving episode. So, how was your... Uh how was your thanksgiving <laughs> it was awesome we all carved the uh, turkey together as the sun was setting all political and ideological religious rifts in our family laid to the side uh, to commemorate the mass genocide of the original purveyors of this great land so it went great how about you uh great dude i'm, I'm about to play well probably Probably by the time this comes out, I I will have already played it, but I'm about to play a a Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. rally or whatever. Great. Solo, which is going to be weird, but I'm not political, as you know. I just, I find it very boring. You're either preaching to the choir or you're pissing people off. You're either making people, I don't know. It's either way. It's, I find it boring. Sure. Like, I don't, don't tell me about your politics. I won't tell you about mine. I'd much rather talk about religion. That's, I find it much more interesting. Uh, I like talking to people who are very religious about religion. And it's always eye opening and fun. So, anyways, I don't. Funny. I don't. There's no reason why this happened. But today, I wrote a song. I just started thinking about. I just want. I just wanted to rhyme the word fetus with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, I wrote a song. And basically, the lyrics are: "Don't worry your head about that unborn fetus." You can go back to bed and leave it all in the hands of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And basically, the song is about like all all unborn babies go to heaven. Of course they would. Were they going to go to hell? Because they're unborn. Of course not. So it's basically about like, hey man, relax about you know your anti-abortion stuff because hey, it's like a it's like a shortcut. It's like they get to skip the line and go straight to heaven. And uh, there's some funny stuff in here. Like he knows your baby's he knows your baby's daddy might actually be your dad, but he won't make you feel bad about it or sad. He'll take care of that little baby until the day you die. And then you can meet up in heaven and you can both have a good cry and say all <laughs> the things you wanted to, but never ha- could you see like I was only 15 or maybe I didn't have the means or didn't think that this world was a good place to be or maybe i just wasn't ready for such a big responsibility but he will and i don't mean maybe jesus got your back on that unborn baby he got an incubator up in heaven and he'll grow until they're seven or eight or 26 or whatever age they want to be he's got that unlimited daycare you see they'll grow up in the arms of jesus christ when you think about it like that hmm so sounds nice. And every day in heaven's Christmas, so they say. So Merry Christmas and have yourself a blessed day. Dude, nobody's going to like that song. Are you going to play for- it at that event? Ah! <laughs> I don't, I might. That's the new Planned Parenthood like theme song, dude. Dude, what if that became the Planned Parenthood? I don't think anybody's going to like, because here's the thing. If you believe in Jesus and are anti-abortion, you're not going to like the tone of that song. (laughs) No. 
And the people that don't believe in Jesus, they're not going to like it because I talk about Jesus. No, they're going to love it because it's ridiculous. I don't believe in Jesus, and I thought it was hilarious. It's it's just playing with all of it. Plays with the whole idea of it. I, the thing that I like about heaven and Jesus and all of it is like, okay, you believe in heaven, you believe in Jesus. If you believe in the afterlife and you believe in heaven, then we can have a real conversation about death because death doesn't exist. And if death doesn't exist, if you're just walking from this life into the next life and death doesn't exist, then let's talk about it. Let's talk about that shit for real. Like if that's true, then it, and and you could at any point in your life, take Jesus as your Lord and savior and ask for his forgiveness. And no matter what you've done, you're going to heaven. Then you can do it after you die. You can do it when you see that there's a heaven. Dude, when I when I die and I, if I look up and there's a heaven's gate and there's Jesus in his white robe, I'm going to be like, what's up? What up, Jesus? And he's going to be like, oh, it's Bobby. He wrote about me a lot. Let's give him this super nice suite. And also, get Marilyn Monroe on the line. Because this boy is ready to dine on that Marilyn Monroe. Sadly, I think all you do in Jesus is heaven version is worship him for all eternity. So fuck that dude. You're fucking, you're doing Coke. You're eating all the food, dude in heaven. You're eating all the food. And guess what you look like? Jesus. You look like Jesus, but you eat all the food and fucking all the bitches in heaven. It almost makes no sense upon just the slightest bit of scrutiny. When you start thinking like, okay, can you fuck there? How old are you? What kind of body do you have? Okay, you're eating. Are you shitting? You're doing drugs. Where do you get the drugs? Who makes the drugs? Who's your drug dealer in heaven? Gabriel? Uh, What do you do after you've had sex with Marilyn Monroe for a a billion years? What about the next billion? It it begins to just, in a matter of seconds, a matter of just a little couple questions, unravel into a purgatorial death sentence of horror. A horrible loop where you have all of eternity to do. Let's just say that it's not worshiping God for all eternity, which is what the Bible says it is, by the way. But let's just say it's a free for all. Do whatever you want. Be 22 again. Fuck Marilyn Monroe for a billion years. There's a billion years after that. And you're like, okay, Dude, I can you handle got Gal, that. Gal Gadot for the next billion years. Okay. And that's exactly what you would do, right? You would be like, well, I've got a list of 200 chicks that I can spend a billion years each with. Well, there's another billion after those. And what it starts to turn into is literally a living hell, a complete trap of hell that no one wants. You have to die. You have to be done. You have to be gone. Life life is is a prison of experience if you can't one day be gone. And how can you even enjoy anything if you won't one day dude, cease to exist? You don't need to worry. You're dude, don't need to worry. You are going to die. And here's the deal. Oh, I know that. When you're in when you're in heaven, you'll be like, I'm gonna go do that again. Cause that was fun. Are you gonna be Clint Wells again? Ah I don't think so. Ah Well I'm gonna be If we're I'm joking, be, then of course not. Who would choose this miserable thing that I have? But if we're being serious and it means I can be with my daughter again, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because the scariest thing to me about dying isn't dying, isn't not existing. The scariest thing to me about death and life is just not being with my daughter. Dude, who's playing your daughter? 
Who's playing your daughter in this movie? You don't even know who that person is. You don't even know who you are. You're playing Clint Wells. I'm playing Bob Schneider. Your daughter's playing her your daughter. But we don't even know who we are that are playing these roles. Well, if Here's you believe what I your know. theory, which this I is don't. all fucking this is this is all virtual reality. Yeah. So you are going to die in this game that we're playing. This video game, there's an end, and it's called your death. Mm-hmm. And on the screen, it's going to be your death. And then the screen's going to go dark. So you don't need to worry about it. You're good. <laughs> That's only if I believe your wacky view of it all, which I emphatically do not. No, you don't have to. You don't. You do not have to believe my wacky view of it. I have going to, to no, die. I have to believe your wacky view of it to feel the okayness that you were trying to sell me. You're saying, uh, dude, listen, I'm not, you're, you're, I'm not telling you. I'm not even I'm not putting a I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying it's good. You are telling me word for word. Listen, you're going to die, but you don't know who you are. You don't know who's playing you. You're going to choose a different life. It's like a video game and you're going to start over and do a different thing. That's what you no, are telling me. That's no, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying this is what I'm saying to me. I'm saying that. So you're is not talking possi- to me. No, I'm saying for me, that's a the idea of that is a possibility. That's a possible idea that could or could not be true. Whether that's true or not, or whether Jesus is true or not, or whether any of the other billions of ideas that people have about what happens after you die is true, because none of it can be proven and and it's not even worth talking about. The one thing that will happen to every single person, including you and me, death. Yes, I know that. I have no no confusion about that. I don't either. I have no confusion about it. I think you have some confusion about after that. I don't have any confusion about it. I have some ideas mm-hmm. that I find that I find uh, interesting, which I I like to imagine things because that's what I do. I use my imagination. Now, unfortunately, my imagination also imagines all kinds of horrible things. But I like the idea of imagining possible outcomes that could be cool. Yeah, it's little medicine, little medicine for your existential boo boo, yes. little ointment. Yes, a, a little, little soothing ointment. balm. Yeah, I like it. I get it. I like the idea. I like I like all the ideas that could be true. Now there are certain ideas that I don't think can be true. I think all of the religious belief systems where you're saying this is true, anytime you say this is true, that for me doesn't work. I think the biggest difference between me and you is that I don't have any beliefs about what happens afterward that make me hopeful or comforted. Right. That's really the only difference. I think we pretty much agree about everything else. But if you don't believe in anything after you die, the idea of sweet going to like dying is actually, that's actually not too bad. I've been thinking about it a lot lately where it's like, Oh, well if I just die and that's the end, yeah, then I live forever. Well, and I will tell you, that is what I think does happen. That's That would be my betting guess is that you didn't exist before you were born. You didn't feel any pain then. No problem. I won't even be sad that I'm not with my daughter. Right. That doesn't necessarily comfort me. I think that's a bummer. And it 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 it's hard to reconcile that with like, well, I'm spending my 80 years on earth just working for money for nothing. And I'm a part of this like crazy system that was really never meant to help me do anything. I'm just basically a poor person. Rich will always be rich. Poor will always be poor. I made a kid who's going to suffer. And I guess I'll just be nothing afterwards. Like, that's not super comforting either. I mean, it just is what it is. It's like when yeah, you but- it's like when you have to go to the doctor and they have to put their hand in your ass. You're like, well, it's just it just is what it is. That's just what you do. It's what you do. Yeah, but 
But everything you do is a choice. You don't have to have the doctor put his hand in your ass. You don't have to do anything. Well, you, ha- and, you do have to do that if you want to live longer, if you want to make sure you're not, they don't have cancer. Well, the, the other thing you can choose to do is you can choose to enjoy your, your every day. You oh, I, cho- I do. You can, choose, you can choose to not. Like, we live in a society that tells us who we should be, how we should be, what it should look like. And if you buy into any of that shit, which I do, because it's almost impossible not to, it's like swimming in the in the ocean and not being covered with seawater you're going you're surrounded by it it's you you can't not be a part of your culture your society but it's a toxic quagmire of lies i agree with that i think i think what it is is you making it like a binary like well you choose it is i don't think quite accurate i think what happens is you're in a swirling war of like understanding that it's not true or accurate but it, it you know it's like this chair's an illusion but it, you're sitting in it's a real enough illusion to feel like reality so at the end of the day you you have to wake up and the sun comes up and you have to take your kid to school and you have to pay your water bill and you have to live in this mock-up if you think it's a simulation or whatever a game well, you have to live in it and right. i can't but choose again, to be i can't choose to be something that i'm not in the confines of this reality you know i can't be i can't i can't play in the nba I, I I was I was given what God gave me, period. And he didn't give me the hoops. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot lately in that life is super easy and super uncomplicated if I want it to be. Like the only thing that's hard in life is me getting the world to do what I want it to do, or me wanting to live forever, or me wanting to stay young. All of that's hard. Like all of that's so hard. But if I just like it's being I know this is a metaphor that's been used since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely life is this raging river. And my whole life I've been fighting swimming against this raging river, trying to get to something this thing, this branch or this thing over here that somebody said, if you just get to that thing, you'll be happy and then you won't have to struggle and you won't have to fight. But I'm like, there's nothing I can get to that will get me out of this raging river. But if I just relax and quit fighting, dude, my life is easy and I will just float until I get to that waterfall and I will float off that waterfall and I will fall into the abyss and die. And everything about life could be super easy is is the minute i quit fighting it mm-hmm. now unfortunately i have all this stuff in my head from my from society from growing from my parents from my peers from growing up that's telling me every second like you gotta fucking do this you gotta you got to be the alpha male so that you can procreate so that you can survive as a species, like all this genetic programming. And I'm like, I already got my kids. I don't need to have any more kids. I don't need to do anything. I can just fucking relax. Now you're not going to have any money. You're going to be poor. Yeah. So what? So what? Dude, I could survive for months with the amount of fucking fat that I have on my body. I could literally live for years. I could probably live for a good year eating nothing but vitamin packs. Yeah, but you got your family to worry about. It's not just you. Do I? 
<laughs> Do I have to worry about them? Well, I worry about my family. I don't know about you. Dude, I worry about my family. I worry about a billion things every day. I worry about a billion things, but I could stop and not worry about any of it and just truly enjoy my life. Dude, when I, when I almost died in that plane crash, the last thing that happened before the plane came to a standstill was I had this overwhelming feeling of calm that came over me. And I was like, oh, I can finally stop worrying because I'm going to die now. Mm-hmm. It was such a peaceful, calming, wonderful feeling. But that's not. But that feeling is meant to occur to you before you die to give you peace before you die. That's probably built in to the evolutionary wiring. That's not a feeling you can coast through life with. My feeling about it all is, <clears throat> have you ever seen like a um, like a Six Flags or something like no small thing, not like a little garden. I'm talking about like a structure that was vital that people worked in, uh, be abandoned and be over like, slowly taken over by the earth. In fact, another, another thing that like resonated with me is when we were in Boston a few weeks ago, we went to Fenway, we got like a tour of Fenway. It was awesome. And the guy was basically saying, and like, we're just like sitting in Fenway. He's given us all the rundown of the history of Fenway. And he's like, basically we put like, a million dollars a year into the upkeep of Fenway. And he was like, if we keep doing that for another 50 years, we can maintain Fenway. He's like, but basically, even if we keep putting a million dollars of upkeep in after 50 years, eventually like these structures are going to fall and collapse. We're going to have to rebuild Fenway. There's nothing you can do. Things fall apart. And my feeling is if I'm not working and grinding and like keeping the fucking shoveling coal into the engine of my life, with my marriage, with my daughter, with my career, with my friendships, it will become overgrown sooner than you think. And you're going to have vines and ivy. It's going to fuck up the foundation. It's going to crack the foundation. And before you know it, not a lot of time's gone by and your vital life inhabited not long ago is a fucking graveyard. That's literally how I see it. I'm not saying that's accurate, but that's, that's the way I see it. What I'm saying is you can do it or not do it. Doesn't matter. Only matters to you. Only matters to you. Doesn't matter to anybody else. Nobody else in the world. But you are you. But I am me. I Absolutely. But what I can do is I can go, everything I do is a choice that I'm making. And I can make it for, and I can say, nobody's making me do this. I'm doing it because I want to do it. And because I'm enjoying it. And I'm, oh, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not going to do it. Now, the consequences might be, well, you're going to be homeless soon. Okay, that's fine. Oh, I don't want to be homeless. So I'm going to do this thing then. It's like washing the dishes, dude. I used to hate washing dishes. But now I'm like, I have the opportunity <laughs> to live in a house where I can actually do the dishes. I'm the same, like, I, I'm the same I way. I get to do them. So I, I do them. And I feel good about it. You do them it. with gratitude and joy and love. I was yeah. washing the dishes this morning. I dropped Nova off. I was super tired. And I did the dishes this morning before I had something else to do. And I thought, when I, this sounds so cheesy, but I was cleaning them and I thought, these, these things, these tools that we have feed my family. Right. Food that nourishes my daughter comes from these. Because I, I was thinking about this one bowl I was cleaning today and just the groundhog day of it all. I'm like... How many fucking times have I cleaned? Because it's one of these goddamn balls that you can't put in the dishwasher. So I was like hand cleaning it, no problem. And I was like, how many times 
have I cleaned this thing? And it started to unravel a bit of insanity in me. And then I thought, these are the ways in which I nourish my daughter, period. And then it immediately was transmuted into love. And it gave me comfort. It's something easy I can do to restore some sense of order and control in a world that feels increasingly out of control. Dude, the first thing I do when I get up is I clean the kitchen every day. Every day, the kitchen is a mess from the night before, and I clean it. And today, I was like, I'm not going to clean the kitchen because I am going to, I'm going to leave it fucked up so that my wife will be able to have the opportunity to clean the kitchen because it's so nice to be able to clean the kitchen. It's like part of like what restores my brain and gives me a sense of order and gives me a sense of calm. I'm like, I'm taking this away from my wife every day by cleaning. (laughs) Like I felt bad for my wife. I'm like, I'm going to leave this for her so that she can do something. Like I'm not allowing her to do all these things that I get to do that help maintain my sanity. Did it work? Help me feel good. I don't, I have no idea. I'm going to probably go back into the house. She's probably still going to be sleeping Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to go on a walk and I'm just going to leave it there. Dude, I've done this before and it'll be, it'll be dirty for two days. I've done it too. I've played it. It'll be fucked up for two days. I will say I've never had the frame of mind of like, Oh, I'm depriving her of this wonderful feeling, but I have felt like, you know what? I'm going to see how long we can go before the chaos. It becomes unbearable for even her. Ooh, I will not win that game of chicken, homie. I will not win that game of chicken. Yeah. And that's fine. I had to just decide for me, like, I'm the one who needs it to be clean, to feel safe. She doesn't need it to be clean to feel good. She's she's just okay in that area. So if I'm the one who needs it done, daddy's got to do it. And daddy needs to do it without being uh, resentful. So I had, to, I had to find my way through that. I was explaining that to someone, um, the, the girl who does our hair and makeup on tour, She's a 33-year-old girl. She's real smart, real cool. I was explaining this dishes thing that you and I have talked about several times to her. The look of just confusion. <laughs> I was talking about how I've turned it into love. Like I used to do it and be resentful because I'm the one who needs it to feel safe because I'm fucked up. And I used to do it and resent my wife, but now I do it and I've, I've tr- somehow transmitted it into love. And now I, I feel like I have the privilege of it. Just the quizzical look of pure confusion hearing a grown man describe dishes that way. It was uh, it was interesting to see, to kind of hear it through her ears, my whole spiel about this. Because you and I have talked to each other and regale each other about this, but we're both sort of equally insane and or sane about this issue. It's funny talking to somebody that's like, what? <laughs> well, there's just all these, there's just all these things that it's everything. I Everything in the world is just, it's all about perspective. It's like, which way are you looking at it? Because you can look at anything. I mean, the famous story is the Buddha, when he gets fucking poisoned, he tells all of his dudes, he's like, hey, I know this guy poisoned me. Don't hurt him because he's actually giving me this wonderful opportunity where I get to die. And he's without him, I wouldn't have this opportunity now to 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 be poisoned and to die. And I'm really looking. I'm excited about this experience. I've never had it before. And. <laughs> Or I've never had it in this life. And so I'm excited. And and when you when you start looking at things like everything that everybody does in this world gives you an opportunity to have a feeling or to have an experience. Like I'm always like, man, I want to be on Austin City Limits. I want to play Austin City Limits Festival. I want to play Austin City Limits TV show. I've only done both of those things twice, but I want to do them more because I enjoyed it so much. But every year that I don't get to play it, 
Like I can look at it like, fuck those guys. They're denying me. I'm so good and I should be playing. And all these other people that don't deserve it as much as I am are playing. Or I could look at it and go, man, these guys are giving me the opportunity to have this feeling of like that they don't want me or or I'm not good enough or whatever it is. Like I could look at it that way and it would change my experience to a degree where it would actually be an enjoyable thing. Uh, I, I was talking to my, to my ex, uh, father-in-law who, who I really like and, and really admire and love. And he's just been, he's sort of semi-retired. He, I mean, he's retired and he's, he does some volunteer work. But he's he's just been so depressed, and I'm like, and I I don't know what that is because I don't I'm not in my late seventies. I'm still doing what I love to do. I'm still creating stuff. I'm still making stuff, which I really find enjoyable and satisfying, and uh, make me feel pretty good about my life. But I'm wondering, like, if I wasn't writing or making things, and I was just at the end of my life, and I was like taking stock and. Like what would that be? And 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 it's weird because I I guess what I'm trying to say is this: no matter what your experience is, whether you're depressed or whether you're old or young or rich or poor, whatever it is, the experience and the the feeling and and the 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 the, the thing of being alive. Like that is such an amazing, it's such a wonderful experience. It's like watching a movie. Some movies are really sad. Some movies are exciting. Some movies are action packed, but they all, it's you're, you're in this movie thing and it's such an incredible experience. I don't know. I I guess what I'm saying is like, like I think about like, oh, it'd be nice to be young and, and thin and, and enjoy all those years again. But I'm like, those people don't get ex- to experience what I'm experiencing, which is like s- slowly losing everyone that you love, slowly losing all the things about yourself that you love, getting older, getting ugly, getting decrepit, um, like less and less the people that you've known and loved are gone. All the things that you grew up with, all the music that you listen to all those people have died like you have this experience this amazing experience of loss and beauty like i've experienced so much beauty at this point in my life like in ways that i could never experience as a young person it's just the most amazing incredible experience it's so sad and so hard and then so sublime and so beautiful. It's just incredible. And you can't have that when you're younger. You can only have that as you get older. And I don't know, man, uh, when I think about it that way, it makes everything okay. And when I think about it, it's like, oh, I'm fucked. I'll never be happy again. I'll never, you know, never have any... That's just me wanting to be something or somewhere that I'm not. And when I'm like going, man, I could never have this experience unless I was right here, right now, exactly who I am. 
when I'm that, everything's fine. And again, it doesn't matter if if you are fine or not fine, or if I'm fine or I'm not fine, it doesn't matter. I'm still having this experience. It's incredible. Like I see you sometimes and you seem very unhappy to me. And I just want to like somehow make you happier. But then at the same time, I'm like, you get to have this amazing experience of not being happy, which is an incredible experience. So why am I not letting you have that experience? <laughs> I've, th- I've thought about putting a long pause in here after that really beautiful thing you just did. And then just putting like the longest fart noise. <laughs> That would be good. It's true, though. But I mean, I do, I do have a hard time seeing people that I really care about having a hard time, and and it's something I need to. It's something I've worked on a lot, actually. I worked on it a lot in group therapy, and I'm better at it. Like I'm better. I'm really good with my daughter. Like seeing my daughter and my son not having a good time, I'm pretty good about. It. But for some reason, with a adults that I really care about. It it must bring up something about my childhood with my parents. Like if my parents weren't having, if my dad was not good, I wasn't, I was, it it could get real dangerous for me. Mm. And so I just have to remind myself, like, I'm not a little kid. You're not my dad. My mom's not my mom. She's an old lady who I'm related to. Part of it too might be that, you know, you've found something that works for you. And if it's not confirmed, by your friends, it it undermines this thing that you've built to make you feel good. So there's my, there's probably something scary about that too. If no, it's not no. being confirmed, I, I don't I don't think it's that. I think it's the other thing, which is just I think it just relates to my childhood, where it's the same reason why like I look into the audience and I see one person in the audience not having a good time, and all of a sudden I'm like worried yeah. when everybody else is having a good time. Yeah. But it's fine. It's okay for me to be worried about that guy. And it's okay to be worried about you or worried about my mom or worried about my wife or whatever. It's again, all of everything is okay. Everything's fine. Again, it's just perspective, really. It's just me changing my perspective. And then it could be good and it could get worse. Well, it's fluid. It comes and goes. It's that's what life is. And speaking of coming and going, we got to get out of here now. Thanks everybody for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time. Bye. Zip. (laughs) 